Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. Uh, we return to our European campaign, Horror on the Orient Express. I have gathered our investigators again for another session uh, for you to enjoy. So we will get things started shortly, but before that, we will do introductions to my right. Hello, I'm Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser. And to his right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I've just had a bunch of delicious chocolates. Indeed you have. Indeed you have. At the end of the table. Hi, I'm Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I'm currently in a Peter Sellers movie. You know, we all are in some way, I think. Uh, to Simon's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger, and I think the Duke's about to be my new best friend. Time will tell. Uh, and last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin. I'm playing Richard Courtney, and uh, I think the coffee on my trousers has finally dried. <laughs> Perhaps it has. I mean, the Chocos Cafe, all of the accoutrement therein, uh, sure smell better than that taxidermy shop did. We raise the curtain tonight in the streets of Lausanne with one feisty Margaret Bellinger who is easily keeping up with the pace that the Duke makes as his uh, weather well-dressed form steps through the early morning hours of uh, the streets of Lausanne. So, how close are you getting, Maggie? I would say fairly close, and I, I would probably actually be calling out to him and, and maybe waving... Um, a, a bit. Um, sir, uh, Mr. Uh, Duke, uh, excuse me. He slows down. Not difficult for him in this, uh, bit of a hilly area. There's a bit of a, a rise to the streets here. You can see beyond, uh, where he's walked towards where he's walking. There's a massive cathedral on, uh, a bit of a terrace there. He turns around. Hello, um... I, I was I was just speaking with Mr. Wellington, and he mentioned that you might be the exact person to um, show me a, around town. I'm not sure if uh, you would mind or if, if you'd be interested. Um, of course. He gestures uh, in a bit of a bow. I would be happy to shepherd you around uh, Lausanne. Oh, uh, uh, thank you. This is my first time... Um, I'm traveling abroad, and I must admit, I'm I'm a little bit lost. <laughs> I am Duke Ascentis. I would be happy to show you. You said you were speaking with uh, Mr. Wellington. May I inquire as to what matter? Um, um, um. Well, uh, Yes, I I believe we actually have a shared uh, interest in a certain scroll uh, that mm -hmm. Mr. Wellington is in possession of. Ah, I see. Well, there's no reason to be uh, 
unfriendly, perhaps I can, uh, perhaps I can show you about town and show you Losan, and we can make the evening negotiations a bit more agreeable. Uh, yes, I think that would be quite nice. Well, shall we begin? Yes, uh, of course. And I'll kind of like put my hand out to maybe like take his arm, see if he'll offer. He offers his arm and the two of you begin strolling uh, towards the cathedral. Uh, Mr. Frazier, you're just now just about to, to get around the corner where Maggie had gotten to. You'd slowed your pace a little bit because you don't want to spook uh, this duke, whomever he is. Uh, and as you kind of poke your head around that corner a little bit, you see that the two of them are now walking arm in arm. Okay, so I want to try and follow them discreetly. I don't want to be seen following them, so I'll uh, slip into doorways, I'll um, look into a shop window, um, just anything that makes it uh, um, not apparent that uh, I'm, I'm actually in active pursuit of them. Um, but I want to as well, if possible, if I can get close enough to catch a, a snippet of what they're talking about, because I'm working on the on the basis that that Maggie doesn't know how dangerous this man is, and uh, she is, uh, if not walking into the uh, into a trap, she's walking into a, a, a position where it's going to be very uh, potentially very dangerous for her. So I want to make sure that I'm uh, I'm near at hand. If you want to be able to hear what they might chat about as they walk, it's going to be a stealth roll for certain. Yeah, sure. Um, and if you are making a stealth roll, then I'm absolutely going to offer Maggie a spot hidden roll. Because Perfect. it's possible that during their walk up the street here, um, you know, her head may go from right to left as she's looking at these shops down the streets of Lausanne. She may possibly notice the rather um, unique figure of, of one James Robert Fraser. Mm. Yeah. So please. Pick it up. I shall make a stealth roll then. That is 35 under 69. So that's a hard success for my stealth. Um, 37 over 31. So a okay. slight a fail for me. Fair enough. Just one more roll to make then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for Mr. Mr. Duke's name I can't pronounce. Mr. Duke. The two of them continue on. They don't seem to notice your um, smooth and agile movements. Just out of character, would I have the uh, the opportunity to, to be able to tell whether I think that they've noticed me uh, as well? If not, that's because I'm, I'm I, you know, I'll be focusing more on being discreet. But Sure, sure. I think if you're pretty well focused on being discreet, then you're you're probably not going to be able to do both that's fine. but i'd say yeah, if yeah. you want a hard int roll i'll give you the opportunity oh right okay i was just yeah, i was gonna use it so if you're expecting a hard spot hidden or something but yeah okay yep. i see it as you having to assess the situation sure no problem um i'm looking at a 30 here to no i did not succeed in that so it's a successful in roll, but it was not a hard success. You don't get any visual tells that they've not noticed you. Uh, but so far, they haven't turned around. The Duke continues on at a fairly even pace, Maggie. 
He has a, a rather specific smell to him. It is something that is quite manly, pleasant. It's a bit, um, it's a bit strong as far as its range of male colognes. You, you're not sure how many times he's bathed in it today, okay. <laughs> but it's definitely something. It, I don't know. It, I suppose it depends on what Maggie prefers as far as colognes uh-huh. go, but leather and tobacco. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of. Like in my mind, if you're at all familiar with male clones, it probably smells a lot like Drakkar. Okay. Because that's that's probably like where I fit it, mm-hmm. template-wise in my mind. So it's okay. it's definitely strong. It's definitely male. But yeah, there's probably like a bit of woodsy, kind of tobacco-y, almost rum smell to him. That sounds good. Maggie probably wouldn't mind, and she definitely wouldn't like point it out or if if even if it was overpowering for Maggie, she would do her best to not make it known that she noticed. She would be very polite about things. So you two take a trip up the street Mm -hmm. to the cathedral. Mm -hmm. So the cathedral incline from where you're at is pretty significant. Uh, As you move along the route here you probably go up about 180 190 total steps it's quite the move up and the duke doesn't even with his with his size the duke seems well fitted for this type of move Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to sweat or bother under the physical exertion he shows you where the the previous town uh, portions used to be he traces it back through history uh, and even as you go up if you stop and kind of look back along uh, down to the lower parts of Lausanne it's it's very pretty it's a very uh, Alps feel to it mountains the air is a bit thinner up here you seem quite accustomed to the altitude um, I'm I'm from an area that's closer to sea level <laughs> This is uh, a little exhausting for me. I'm happy to let you catch your breath. Thank you. It, it is very beautiful up here. It's a, it's a huge gothic edifice, this cathedral, too. Yeah. So it is almost wraparound framed by this Swiss town. Mm-hmm. He tells you it was built between 1235 and uh, 1275. It took them several decades to complete the structure consecrated by Pope Gregory the Tenth, Tons of stained glass. It's everything that you would imagine a European Gothic cathedral to be and more. Yeah. And as you continue your way up the stairs, uh, he pays the 35 uh, centimes for admission for the both of you. And you get to walk in a rather cool, as far as temperature goes, uh, Gothic cathedral. You're from America then? Oh, uh, yes, I am. How are you finding Europe? It's very different from what I'm used to. Quite beautiful, though. So far, uh, I will, I started out in England visiting my um, aunt, and since then I've been uh, traveling across uh, Europe. I've heard America's quite a wild country. Yes, some could say that runs in our blood. But the last name, you're Americanized... uh name. It must stem from somewhere in France. 
Um, yes, I, I believe so. I, I don't know much of my family's uh, history, though, unfortunately. Hmm. Interesting. He steps down the way and you go through and see some series of statues. He points out a, um, a statue here for, uh, looks like, it looks that the statue appears to be uh, an older gentleman whose hands have been cut off. It's one of the oldest statues here, he says. Otho the grandson. Why are his hands missing? It's a long tail. He seems to almost lovingly pat the base of the statue. Uh-huh. It's weird. Why don't you give me a no roll? Okay. Is... Uh, success. I see that. You've rolled the 69 under 70. You get kind of taken aback a bit as you walk through the back portion of the cathedral here. Yeah. A lot of the stonework here is seems to be far older than... Mm that era he spoke of the 1200s so you just seeing some of the uh, older history books in your in your schooling and, and remembering some of the uh, geological stuff this cathedral likely is was built on something far older than that does he seem to be leading me like away from <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> you certainly seem to be quite the historian. Um, is that of great interest to you? Well, of course. I think it's important to know where you come from. Yes, this uh, stonework here seems quite old. Older than what we've seen so far. He looks down at it. Wouldn't be uncommon for the church to perhaps remove older religions and place their own? Yes, and well, and I know Sometimes in, in modern history, too, structures are um, built on top of one another or, or possibly destroyed or lost and rebuilt. Possibly. He smiles. Come. There's much to show you in the city. So as you watched them go up this long 160 stair staircase, Mr. Fraser, at what point would you have begun to follow them? Because at this point, you'd be wide in the open. I will make sure that I am not so far away from them that if the Duke tried anything on, I would be able to pick up speed and catch up to them fairly quickly. So that there will come a point where um, I'm going to need to become a, a tourist walking up to the... Uh, um, <laughs> to the cathedral, unless I think there is potentially another way to to skirt round possibly a couple of side streets and maybe maybe get ahead of them and watch them pass by a side street up the stairs, if that's feasible. I mean, it's possible. The cathedral is built on that, this terrace, so mm -hmm. you would know just by looking at it, there's only so many places they'd be likely to go afterwards, having seen the Traveler's Guide. So, uh, so having having seen the Traveler's Guide, is there a um, is that like a, a map of the city in the Traveler's Guide as well? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's a small map, yeah. but you get one in effect. Okay. Well, in which case, having looked at the map, then I would know the layout of the city. And uh, as uh, Mister Fraser is uh, particularly good at uh, recalling things that he's uh, he's seen and read, so what I will try and do is I will try and follow them 
um, at a discreet distance, um, perhaps nipping in and out of side streets as as I think uh, is necessary. So while that is going on, Simon, how are you treating your tailing of Mr. Fraser? Are you going to close distance with him and try to reconnect your buddy cop movie? Actually, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to keep tailing him. I don't want. I figure two people would be more obvious than one. So I'm going to close to him mm-hmm. where uh, I'm close enough for where he could potentially see me, but I want to be far enough back that I'm out of the Duke's range. Yeah. I mean, you pretty easily lose the Duke's range. He and Maggie set a fairly strong pace. And so it isn't more than a couple of minutes before, if you're just kind of slow walking the situation, that they are already up the terrace steps, although they do stop about halfway up uh, and take a look around. Other than that, um, you'd be out of their range with still some ability to see where they're at. And I'm trying to just play it calm, cool, um, stealthy as required. Sure. I'm fully aware of that. Uh, I'm also going to be using, if I can, I'm going to keep my eyes sharp because there were four Turkish gentlemen here not too long ago, and we don't know where they went. So I want to see if I can spot them while Fraser is spotting Maggie and the Duke. Sure. All right, so why don't you give me a stealth roll first to see how your stealth is going. Quite poorly. That would be a 99. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, but but let's try my spot hit. <laughs> let's hope I could dredge something out of this debacle sure. as I trip over the cobbles. <laughs> no, these dice are going in the garbage. <laughs> Isn't that like your second or third set of dice, Giles? Yeah, <laughs> nothing burns through dice faster than an Orient Express episode. <laughs> so you begin shadowing uh, Mr. Fraser and shadowing Maggie and the Duke as they're now just at this point in the story, just kind of getting up to the, the to higher tier where they're going to enter the cathedral. And you slip into the doorway of a nearby business. Uh, and when you do so, you have to push against the frame of the this housing structure, the structure, to get your body back so that way you're not exposed. And when you do, you realize that the door is completely open. It's unlocked and it gives way. And you tumble backwards into this door. The the door comes completely open. And unfortunately for you, this door had led to a basement stairway. And so you go head first down a stair and so I'm going to deal you a little damage and then you can hopefully uh, pick yourself up in a moment or two so I'm going to deal you three damage as you head back backwards down a stair head first crashing into rickety old wooden steps your body and head glance off a few bricks on the way down and you raise an enormous commotion in a house you know, filled with young school children who were just about to go off to school. Oh my goodness. Would there be any chance, Mike, that I would possibly have seen or heard this um, calamitous event? (laughs) Impossible for you to miss it. 
<laughs> it would have happened behind you, but the crash is something quite epic. I will definitely step into a side street then. Well, I can say on the plus side, the good news is I have distracted everyone's attention from Fraser to me. It is very true. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opportunity. Is there by any chance um, uh, like a, uh, a a shop around, like a maybe a, a tourist shop, a gift shop, or something that sells something like um, sun hats, like a Panama hat, or something like that? Give me a luck roll. Yep, we'll do. Oh, it's an eleven. That is a uh, yeah. That is not quite an extreme success, but it's certainly a hard success. Yeah. There's one right over there. Right, I will purchase one of those. Um, I'm going to take my jacket off, um, and I'm going to stuff it into a, like a, if I can find a a, a little um, secluded corner of a, of a little alleyway or something. Just bundle my jacket up and stuff it out the way. Uh, put on a Panama hat. Um, open the top collar of uh, top button of my uh, my shirt collar, and uh, start meandering. Yes, I know how risque. Um, and uh, start My. meandering uh, up the road. Very good. You do so. Um, Simon, you are beset upon by the forms of several uh, children who are very interested to see what you've what has happened because the, some strange man has tumbled in their house. And it is at that point where a much older woman, much older than them, steps into the doorway area as you're trying to kind of collect yourself with this head wound that you've picked up now. And she says something to you in French, and you're not entirely sure what it is. I'm going to roll my French then. Probably a good idea. No. That is a no. She says something else, and then the words start coming really rapidly. And so is the volume of her voice continues to increase. Excusez-moi, ma'am. A gentleman appears next to her, and he looks down at you as you're picking yourself up. And he seems just completely aghast at what's happened. Parlez-vous anglais? He shakes his head and, and no. My apologies. I didn't mean to come in. The woman steps out into the street. And Mr. Fraser, from your secluded position, you begin hearing a woman call for the police in French. Oh, for goodness sake. Unfortunately for you, Simon... This is what the fates have in store for you. Oh, fate, you fickle thing. I am going to kind of despairingly look back at Simon, look towards Maggie, look back at Simon again, and then head towards Maggie. Because Simon's a big boy and he can take care of himself. I can. This will be fun. (laughs) You do pass a couple of uh, policemen, Mr. Fraser, who are heading back that way now. They collect themselves soon in the doorway. I'm just uh, on the saunter. I'm just... The man who came into the doorway for you, uh, uh, Simon, helps you up the stairway as you're seeming to wobble a bit. And he proceeds to help you out the door. Fair enough. Understood. The woman looks entirely cross on the outside. Her hands firmly on her hips infuriated she's some strange form of red and, and perhaps blue in the face with the just uh, incredulous incredulous views i don't blame her when you 
finish collecting yourself for a moment there and try to get your bearings, there are now two uniformed men walking towards you. Fair enough. I'm not going to resist. They ask you in somewhat accented version of English, what happened? What were you, what are you doing? I stepped into the doorway, monsieur, and out of the sun for a moment and deciding whether I was going up the steps or back down the street to my hotel. And I didn't mean to lean against the door, but when it did, apparently it was unlocked and I tumbled down the stairs. Mm. I did not mean to barge on their home and I apologize to both of them and all their family. One of the um, officers takes a look inside the doorway and they have a conversation, a short conversation, which you pick up on most of the notes of, which are, is there anything that's damaged? Are you hurt? That sort of thing. Very pretty basic questions. And uh, the man that helps you up the stairs doesn't seem to, uh, he seems to shake his head and everything is fine. Uh, but the woman in question seems to be having a, a pretty terse conversation with one of the policemen. Why don't you give me a French roll? No. You're not certain what exactly she's accusing you of, but it seems something quite ungentlemanly she may be accusing you of. So the doorway that leads from their house into that back basement stairway, it seems to butt up against the kitchen, perhaps, or uh, another private area. And you're not really certain what's going on now, but you're beginning to get a little concerned because now both officers are looking at you uh, a little differently. Is there a problem, officers? The officer that spoke to you before says, uh, the uh, lady of the house here says that uh, she had not yet uh, even gotten her apron on for the morning before you burst in the door. I guarantee you I was not at plan. I was walking down the street here, so... As I said, I ducked into that. I have never seen these people before in my life. Yes, of that I am certain. Are you staying here locally? Yes, this is the hotel I'm staying at, sir. Hmm. May I suggest you return to the hotel uh, immediately? Of course. Very good. We may make uh, an inquiry there if she pressures us to. You understand, of course. I understand. I swear that enough, you know, I had no ill intentions. I have never seen these people before. And I also did not see her, as she says, without her apron on. Mm. I should hope not. Um, they take your information down and let you go. They try to explain a few things to both uh, the man and, and woman of the house in that regard. Their kids kind of wander off towards school now, giggling at you. We'll leave you there for just a moment. So, Professor, you and Lady Elizabeth are just getting back to the hotel at this point. It has been a rather interesting early morning. and You're now kind of settled in in that mid-morning close to lunchtime section. Uh, and as you get back to the hotel, you see that in the courtyard of the hotel, Paul is reading the newspaper. Ah, good morning, Paul. Oh, he stands up. Good morning, Lady Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. A nice uh, restful sleep. How are you? Oh, well, I needed the extra sleep after our early arrival here, that's for sure. Yes, I can imagine. I trust you are finding uh, everything is to your liking. Are you enjoying the fresh Lausanne air? Mm, indeed. 
Uh, the terrace is quite invigorating if uh, if you take it. He points out towards it. Mm. Uh, Lake Geneva is very special this time of year. Yes, I've heard it's quite something. What are your plans for today, Paul? Well, uh, I wanted to make sure that I had a chance to see uh, Mr. Fraser's hand. I was a little concerned with just making sure that everything was okay. But um, did you know where he's gotten off to? Uh, he was uh, checking in on an acquaintance, I believe, of, of some sort. Uh, he should be back, uh, I don't know, fairly soon. I can't imagine that they'd get into that much trouble. Not in Switzerland. You'd be surprised. <laughs> yes, I suppose I would. But he'll be, he'll be back at some point. Uh, not too far in the future, I imagine. Uh, I would appreciate you taking a look at it, yes. I just want to make sure everything is setting properly. It, it looked pretty bad the last time I saw it. Yes, I'm a little bit concerned. But let me know if we need to visit another hospital to have it looked at, if there's any problems. Well, I mean, hopefully I can attend to most of uh, the needs here without the hospital. But of course, if uh, if I see the need for one, I'll, I'll speak up and say. He turns to you, Richard. Uh, Professor, how was your morning so far? Yes, I've had better mornings, but uh, he looks down at his trousers. There's a, obviously a stain there. Bit of an argument with the coffee cup, I'm afraid, and a chair, and um, I think possibly the jacket was involved as well. But um, it's dried now. It'll probably stain. But, um, never mind. Well, I, I don't know that I have any um, any medical treatments for, for, for your clothing, sir, but uh, hopefully the uh, services here can attend to it. Yes, yes, hopefully. It's been a bit of a chaotic morning. I think we're all just a bit uh, tired from our journey. Yes, I think maybe a lie down later would be in order, but... Um... And a change of trousers. Absolutely, um, yes. <laughs> well then, I shall leave the two of you to it. Um, I'm going to see the sights. I've heard that there's a fantastic museum here. Yes, we've uh, heard things about the museum as well. I was rather curious. Perhaps uh, if you have some time. I know you, you probably have so many letters to write and things to do. I still have a bit of energy this morning, if you don't mind the company. Oh, no, not at all. It would be... Professor? Yeah, yes, that um, uh, sounds like a splendid idea. Perhaps change your trousers first. Oh, oh yes, of course. Yes, yes. Um... <laughs> they might turn you away for being a vagrant otherwise. Well, indeed. Um, uh, yes, a museum. Yes, that'll, that'll be um, that'll be nice. Be like um, back home again. Very well. Excellent. Shall we say maybe uh, 20 minutes or so? Is that enough time for you to prepare? Could do with slightly longer. I, um, <laughs> I'd like to get the smell of coffee off my leg. I suppose I'm not familiar with how long that takes. So he makes a little note in a book. <laughs> well, we'll give you what time you need, Professor. I will have a seat here, and uh, Paul, if you don't mind, I'd look, like to have a look at the whatever sections of the paper you've finished. Absolutely. He uh, carefully prepares the sections he's finished and and uh, hands them over to you. Well, uh, we'll just wait right here for you, Professor. Uh, yes, uh, certainly. I'll um, I'll be as quick as I can. Mm. Enjoy your trousers. Richard toddles off. <laughs> so. Maggie, leaving the cathedral, you walk back down the terrace, uh, mm -hmm. and then he takes an immediate eastern turn and points over 
just across a a street, uh, you see that uh, he's pointing at another large building. The next stop has to be the museum and library. Kind of motions with his hand in a grand gesture. <laughs> oh, of course. As if to give it more gravitas. Because the building actually isn't isn't that large. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine stopping in a town and not visiting the library. Oh, are you an avid reader? Oh, yes, quite. In fact, I I aspire to be a writer, even. Truly. How fascinating. What would be your topic of choice? Uh, travel, um, of course. I, I know it is quite a a trend of the times, but, but I would love to see uh, exotic places and, and, and visit countries and, and cities that that haven't been seen by many and be able to write about them. I think it would be fascinating culturally for your, um, for America to, to learn perhaps a bit more of the Europe they'd left behind. Oh, uh, yes, of course. And I'm, I'm learning quite a bit while I'm here. Where have you been so far? Um, well, uh, like I said, I, I started out in, in England visiting my aunt and um, since then, I've visited Paris, and, and now I'm here. So I'm still quite on the uh, beginning end of my journey. Well, I'm glad you had a chance to make a stop here. There's an awful lot of history here in the museum. I can tell, in the cathedral as well, it seems. Mm, it, absolutely. Uh, the museum, Maggie, is made up in a uh, Italian Renaissance style. So there's a very... You have a lot of tones of, of Romanesque columns and vaulted marble and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You get a very... It has a very powerful presence just on its own. It's just that you're coming from the Gothic Cathedral, so it's sometimes it's hard to you know, continue the wow factor as you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but you do get into the museum, and there's a, an amazing collection of Roman coins... Metals, vases, and most of it seemingly ties back to this ancient settlement. And the the duke goes through a bit of a, a bit of a history rewind with you, and, and talks about how uh, Lausanne was a once originally a Roman fort, and uh, the area here was, you know, settled by Rome. And so some of these pieces were dug up, likely from in and around the local area. Mm-hmm. And as you sweep through that building, you get to the library portion of it. Mm-hmm. which is just jaw-dropping. Like, this is the the magic moment he was likely gesturing to outside. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, so in this beautiful Italian Renaissance style of columns and, and, and the Roman era, you see tens of thousands of books, and they are all in perfect alignment. Mm-hmm. It feels like being inside the cogs of a machine here. Yes. And your footsteps echo on the marble as you walk through. This certainly seems to be more well-organized than the library I visited in Paris. He gives you a slight cheeky grin. The French. (laughs) Their libraries. Paris is, I think it's overspoken by travelers. (laughs) They get wrapped up in perhaps the Louvre or perhaps the libraries and they forget that the the place needs some, still some refinement it lacks. Yes, I could tell. Well, it's it's become quite overrun with some of your fellow American writers. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you not run into many American writers um, here? Well, 
just run into one now. He seems to gesture to you. Well, I uh, hate to say it, but I certainly hope that I'm not the first of many. I have spoken with other writers in my travels and also in and around uh, my work, what I choose to do with my time, being a collector myself. Yes, of of course, and it uh, sounded to me like you're interested in adding to your uh, collection. I believe we both are. Uh, that that may be true. Do you uh, collect a, a variety of artifacts? It's mostly books. I'm an avid collector of books and some statuary pieces. I've been at it now for a good 30 years. You must have quite the um, collection then. Is it here in Lausanne? My collection is at my estate here in Lausanne, yes. I would love it if you could show me sometime. I... I haven't mentioned, but I I also um, am a bit of an artist, and I was just thinking I, I may have to retrace our steps to um, do some sketches for my writings. Oh, I'm sure that would be a good idea. Maggie, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? Okay. At hard difficulty. I'll use the digital dice because they. It's going to go digital, folks. I yeah, the, the the they seem to be doing better. I'm I'm one one for one. <laughs> nope. Oh. They're just lulling you into a false sense of security. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> as they do, as all dice do. That is correct. So, Mr. Fraser, you've been tracking them fairly, fairly carefully, fairly quietly. You see them cross the uh, uh, a bit of a, a bridge overpass that goes over a road, and they enter what appears to be a museum. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, once they go in through the doors of the museum, I will. Uh, speedily make my way uh, down the street across the square and uh, I'll enter the museum myself. By the time you get there, they're probably into down a long hallway through the museum they've walked because it's mostly a rectangular building. It's open on the inside with these colonnades and, and architecture and whatnot where the museum portion is, but you can see that there's a deeper portion of the building basically upon entrance. Okay, this is kind of perfect for me because I've got plenty of things to hide behind. You do, um, but you'll also make me a spot hidden roll too. Absolutely. So, that is uh, 17 under 78. Mm. So, just a hard success in it. When you enter this area and kind of slip in behind one of these columns to continue your view of them, just as you're doing that, just as you're getting set and taking that next one, two breaths to steady your heartbeat, you see about halfway down a Turkish gentleman in a red fez walk from behind one of these colonnades down deeper towards them. Okay, that's, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I'm going to quicken my pace slightly whilst still trying to remain unobtrusive and make my way down towards the uh, the section of the museum that uh, I believe Maggie is being taken to. Okay. Yeah, the this gentleman seems to be pretty well focused on getting down towards him, so you don't necessarily be challenged at this point. Okay. He gets a little dark in here whether that be the sun goes behind some clouds or whatnot. Um, but the both of you notice that the ambient light that comes through these windows, these massive windows that are on the left and the right-hand side of the building, uh, seems to dim. 
Um, I did want to ask the Duke a question. Does it see? There's not a lot of. This isn't like a heavily trafficked area. I would not say it's heavily trafficked. The thing to keep in mind that you've probably picked up on a little bit, just having walked mm-hmm. through the city, is that it's a regular work day. Yeah. Um, so kids are going to school. People are doing regular work things. It's not. It's not a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's likely that the museums and library are going to be a little less populated. Mm-hmm. In fact, as you look around, just in this section. Now, you don't see more than maybe two or three people. So I must ask then, is uh, with your extensive collection, is your interest in the scroll strictly as a a collection of, uh, as a collector of history? What else would it be? I'm not entirely sure. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not sure what's um, written on it. And one can only imagine. You must know what it does, yes? Or what it's rumored to do? What the scroll does? Oh, indeed. You didn't come to this simply looking to buy a scroll out of nowhere. You know something. Well, I was under the impression that there was possibly uh, information on the scroll, not that the scroll did anything itself. He turns left. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Maggie follows. Walks a little bit deeper towards uh, what looks like a side entrance to the library here. Have you uh, gathered your wind from the steps earlier? Oh, uh, yes, I I believe I have. Thank you. Wonderful. We have a slight uphill stroll, if you don't mind. Of course. Mr. Fraser, make another spot hidden roll, if you would, for me, sir. Yes, uh, I will indeed. That is a 93. That's a fail. They move out of your sight. It looks like do east towards a section of the building that puts them out of the hallway perspective. They move kind of camera for you, even as you're trying to carefully keep an eye on them. Um, You see the Turkish gentleman in the Fez seems to kind of step up his pace. Uh, Okay, if they've moved out of my line of sight then, um, I will keep the Turkish gentleman in my eye and uh, I will step up my pace as well okay he makes it about probably two or three paces from the library entrance proper and he stops like hard stops I will stop and make like I'm looking at an exhibit or something like that he turns Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And looks at you, trying to trying to read um, something on the uh, on the exhibit. He stares at you for a moment. You continue to read on the exhibit, but unmistakably, you catch out of your eye on the other side of this hallway all these colonnades. Mm-hmm. Uh, another befezed man walks from around the column and continues the pursuit. And the man who turned to stare at you doesn't move an inch he continues to stare at you okay um so if i what i'm looking at is something that's in a glass cabinet i'm gonna push it over okay so you're, um yeah you're looking at a roman era vase you push the whole case over yeah, I just wanted to make a make a, a bit of a, a clatter and a, a fuss and uh, under the um, under the cover of that, make my way as fast as I can through into the other room. 
Okay. So it's a distraction, basically. So you push the case. And then move quickly. Um, I just want to be clear. If you push the case over, the vase will likely shatter. Oh, I'm going to have to find something else. Is there a suit of armor anywhere around here? <laughs> something that won't break, but will make a lot of noise. Um, um, no, there's no suit of armor, but um, but there's a, um, a Roman-era shield on the wall. And if you could reach over that real quick and pluck it and uh, and maybe take it off its moorings, it would it'd make a terrible clatter, but the, the shield won't likely be damaged at all. Right. As long as I can check that I'm not being seen when I do this, then I'll try that. If, if I think somebody's going to see me do that and it's, it's just going to be really obvious, then uh, I'll forego that um, and I'll, I'll, I'll come up with another plan. Another equally absurd plan. <laughs> Let's see here. I can, I'll say you can get to it for sure. All right, then. You don't see any other people in your immediate area that are going to definitely see you do it, other than this man in the fez, obviously. Right, so he's watching me, is he? Okay, I'm going to do that, make a big um, clattering noise, and then I'm going to go over to the man in the fez, and I'm just going to start waving my hands in the air, chatting, what do you think you're doing, man? For goodness sake, be careful! Okay. Um, so you pull the shield a bit, and it clatters. Maggie, you have not gotten out of the doorway, this side east exit yet, when something metallic clatters behind you. I would imagine Maggie would be startled. It's quiet. We're in a library. Yeah. It's a big yep. startled. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like a clap of thunder when it hits the marble oh, floor. Oh, yeah. Maggie almost certainly jumps in. Maybe like clutches her pearls. Okay. The Duke turns. So I'm just going to be st- shouting and making a fuss. Yeah. It's a priceless box of art, man! Be careful, you clumsy buffoon! And just try and gather everyone's attention focused onto these guys in fezes. Well, this particular one, anyway. Sure. Um, you definitely get people's attention on this gentleman here. Um, you see him move his arm from his hip area. His right hand is, is empty. But as if he was likely going for something, but your massive clatter of noise has stopped that proceeding. The other gentleman who ran the other way, the other fezzed gentleman, has continued. And as he continues, he comes into view of you, Maggie. So when you turn at the sound, uh, a moment or two later, just a few simple heartbeats. Yep. A reasonably well-dressed Turkish gentleman mm-hmm. with a fez on his head steps into view. Yeah. Maggie plays dumb. <laughs> uh, Maggie uh, doesn't um, <laughs> doesn't want to appear alarmed by seeing Turkish gentlemen at all. Sure. I want to be alarmed. I'm alarmed by the situation at hand. Why don't you give me a power roll? We'll see how you can keep your okay. cool. I sh- but I don't want to be... Okay, we're back to the dice. Yes, she's back. She's giving up the electronics. Oh, heck yeah. 10 under 75. It's an extreme success. So you keep very cool under pressure. The Duke seemingly does the same. So this Turkish gentleman, he comes into the space as if he's very excited or eager to do something. And as he sees you and the Duke there together, turned and looked at him, Mm -hmm. um, he cools very quickly 
Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and the Duke almost tilts his head as if to wonder as to what the, this man's doing. And then he says, uh, come along, Margaret. And he <laughs> pats your hand. Of, of course. Dreadful noise. And you two exit out the east entrance with this gentleman's gaze boring its way into your back. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave you two there for the moment. Okay. Simon, you get back to the hotel a little dejected and frustrated probably. Uh, but you walk into the main lobby area where uh, Paul and Lady Elizabeth are. And it seems that uh, the professor has gone missing for some reason. Afternoon, Paul. Lady E. Ah, Mr. Griffith. What brings you back here alone? Paul, you mind taking a look at my head? I banged it on some stairs. Oh, my goodness. He stands up. Yes, yes. Um, let, let me collect my bag. And he well, steps. Let me sit down and I'll tell you what's happening out there. Who won? You or the stairs? Well, that's an interesting thing. It ain't over yet. Yes. Got a personal vendetta now? No, no, the cops are involved. Oh, dear Lord. So, uh, Miss Maggie is off with the Duke, and uh, Jim is following them, and I was following Jim to keep the Turks off him, and... I was in a doorway keeping watch and the door wasn't locked and I fell down the stairs and now they're accusing me, at least the woman is, of spying on her Dezabia. Woman? What woman? The woman who apparently lived in the residence I fell down the stairs of. And and did you spy on her in a state of uh, undress, Mr. Griffith? Lady is currently very amused, like very obviously amused at this whole situation. <laughs> I, I can't remember how many steps I fell down, let alone how many people were in the residence. There was no spying going on. <laughs> Besides the fact that my mama would have beat me upside the head with a frying pan if I ever did anything like that. Hmm. Your mother sounds like a formidable woman. But the police are involved... Well, apparently because the woman told them I was watching her, which I was not. So now I'm going to have to stay here till they come by and I have to make a statement. And I may have to call some of my contacts. Oh my, you have had a busy morning, haven't you? Yeah, this is, um... This is the morning I should just... I, I got up on the wrong side of bed. So, where are... Miss Bellinger and Mr. Fraser, at least where were they when you left them? They went by the church, and after that I have no idea, because I've been occupied. Yes, well, Mr. Fraser can take care of himself in a pickle, so I'm sure nothing is, is going to go terribly wrong in that situation. We'll just have to wait for them to come back. Miss Maggie's a big girl. She can take care of herself. Yes, I'm sure she can. She can talk her way out of any situation, I imagine. Paul, how bad is it? He looks it over with his uh, medical supplies. Oh, it, it seems like you've really bumped it pretty hard. Let me put some gauze on it, and uh, yeah, I'm going to have to dig that piece of mortar out, but you'll live. 
Do I have a goose egg? Uh, just a bit. Perhaps you'd better uh, take things a little easy uh, for the rest of the day, Mr. Griffith, especially if uh, you have to wait for the police to come by, but uh, also don't want you injuring yourself any further. Well, I think I'm going to have to make a couple phone calls. <laughs> yes, well, just no more spying on women in a state of dishabille, and you'll be fine. I don't do that. Hmm. You need to learn to have a sense of humor, Mr. Uh, Mr. Griffith. Professor, you arrive with the full trousers. At least clean ones, at least. Ah, well, that's... Afternoon, Professor. Yes. Oh, Simon, um, what are you doing here? You were following Maggie, weren't you? I was following Fraser, who was following Maggie, and I fell down some stairs. Now the police are on me, and now it's just, uh, I don't, I'm just gonna go. This is why people drink, right? Occasionally, yes. Yes, weren't you, um, weren't you following Maggie? Well, first, you see, Fraser was following Maggie. And I was following Fraser because there was those Turkish gentlemen who were around earlier, right? So I reckon that uh, I'm here to keep them off of Fraser's back while he's keeping his eye on the Duke and Miss Maggie there. Now, I step into a doorway, you know, being all nonchalant, trying to trail them and keep indiscreet, and the door in the doorway was unlocked. And I took a tumble down the stairs into the basement residence there, banging myself down on the way, and uh, the woman there accused me of staring at her in her uh, dis-whatever. She was, She claims I was ogling her in a bad way. and In a state of undress, no less. Ooh. Obviously, I was ogling Mr. Fraser. Now... I see. Are you sure Mr. Fraser is... Um... Is okay with following Maggie? It, 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 it's, will, it, will he be enough? I didn't have a choice, Professor. There were two uh, gendarmes, policemen called, and I had to be respectful, so A, we don't blow our cover, and B, there's not any problems with the, uh, all of us. So mm. I came back here to the hotel. I may have to make a statement, and I will have to make a couple phone calls to go ahead and take care of this situation. You do seem to have somewhat of a bump on your head. I that that it's you can see it. Yeah, it's bleeding. These yes. things happen. I mean, uh, Paul, I'm what? What do you make of this? It looks like he fell down the stairs, Professor. He continues yes. to bandage his head. <laughs> Hold still, just. It. I'm sure he'll be fine. Just. uh... Well, Paul's the medical expert here, but from what I recall, you shouldn't go to sleep for a little while with a bump on the head. But uh, I'm sure you'll be fine otherwise. Can I have a glass of milk and maybe a croissant or two? I I will attend to you some food shortly. Uh, Professor, um, Lady Elizabeth, perhaps you would uh, just head on to the museum without me. I I need to make sure that he doesn't have any continuing uh, issues after the the fall and... that he doesn't continue his vendetta against the stairs. Well, as you say. Mm-hmm. Very well. Come along, Professor. Yes, I'm, I'm quite interested to uh, to take a look. You've got a new outfit. Can't waste it on just sitting around the hotel. 
No, um, I, I, th- I think I might have to give her a coffee of mist today. Hmm. Hmm, yes, it seems that Mr. Griffith has a problem with stairs and you have a problem with coffee. I wonder what Mr. Fraser is having a, a problem with today. It just seems the elements are out to get us. Yes, it does seem to be one of those days. And on that note, um, Mr. Fraser, um, you are still somewhat close to this man hmm. uh, who, even after all of your uh, scene making, very effective scene making, uh, he has not necessarily, he hasn't walked off. He's right there with you, probably a good four or five paces. Yeah, what I'm hoping to achieve is to get a, a, a group of people to be reacting to this, this kerfuffle. Uh, gather around him, focus their attention on him so that he's going to have to make some sort of an effort to, to get away from them whilst I slip round after where this... Um, I'm hoping I've... Uh, if I, assuming I've seen this, uh, the, the other Turkish gentleman. You absolutely have seen the other one. Because now he's my priority. If I've managed to get this this guy embroiled in some sort of um, uh, business with uh, with other um, either people who work in in the museum or just uh, you know other other sightseers or whatever. Um, I use that as a, as a way to, to sort of move move away and and past because he won't be able to do anything to me without being seen by a lot of people. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping to use that as a way of moving past and follow follow through the other guy. Yeah, it's pretty th- clear that the museum goers that are here and then also the staff that are here once they hear this massive clatter of roman shield it splits their day in half for sure that's not something they normally hear here so uh, they would be on top of the situation really quickly the museum is a treasure of losan and the thought that (laughs) that something is amiss with the the pieces are here are are definitely it so he gets descended on pretty quickly by a, a group of people museum goers and staff members who uh, all too happy to uh, take your urging in that direction. I will just move away as quickly as I can, as soon as I can, and uh, follow after the other one. Getting to the the next one is fairly easy for you. He hasn't moved much from the position you, you thought he was going to the last time. You arrive in his area, in his presence of sorts, as the uh, looks like there's east doors here at this museum as they've closed now they have some bits of glass in them and you're you're fairly sharp-eyed enough to be able to see through the glass and see this you know the blue pomp and circumstance that uh, the that the duke has kind of bathed himself in so you know he's just left with uh, with maggie uh, but that leaves you in this mostly empty and echoey library with uh, this other turkish gentleman who much the same as his previous uh, cohort is relaxing his arm from underneath his suit coat. So when you say he's relaxing his arm from underneath his suit coat, does it look like he was about to draw a weapon and he's not anymore? Yeah, absolutely. That's the body language that you get. And as far as I can tell, Maggie and the Duke have, uh, have stepped out of a an exit to the museum and, now, and are now in the street outside. They are, yeah. Right, okay, so in that case, what I want to do is um, I want to swiftly, swiftly move back out of the line of sight of this uh, this other Turkish gentleman, um, out through another exit to the museum, and make my way to the uh, as quickly as I can to the exit where Maggie and the Duke left. 
Uh, and I'm hoping that my my understanding of the layout of the the, the museum, the street plan, is um, is going to allow me to do that. Yeah, it, it will. Um, so you'll have to go out one of the west doors here in the library, and then basically wrap around the mm. the northern portion of the library uh, yeah, terrace at area. A swift, swift jog, I think. Okay. To get around before they disappear off a side street somewhere, and see if I can catch them. So Maggie, the Duke, and you continue your pace now that the business with this library is over. It is a fairly comfortable walk beginning up to uh, uh, up a, a hill. Uh, and the Duke explains to you that uh, there is a wonderful overlook, a marvelous Belvedere that overlooks Lake Geneva. And uh, we'll be able to see Alpine vistas in every direction. It's one of the most beautiful places. And if you're touring Lausanne, you really must see it. Well, of course, that sounds fantastic. As he continues up the walk with you, I want you to, to take a spot hidden roll to see if uh, maybe you catch sight of uh, Mr. Fraser uh, hurriedly making his way around the uh, northern edge of the, li- of the uh, library museum. Uh, I 42 over uh, 31, so no. Uh, you're free to push the roll or spend luck should you so choose. No. Okay, fair enough. That's all right. Um, so the two of you head on up and you cross another walking bridge that leads to a street level and then that street goes uh, he takes a sidewalk that essentially runs up a fair grade towards this overlook and by the time you're over mm-hmm. that uh, walking path over the overpass Mr. Fraser, you sight her and the Duke uh, looks like they're walking up uh, a hill um, north of town okay I'm going to continue with my um with my dis- discreet observation and uh, pursuit okay you continue uh, as the two of you reach probably a good the walk probably goes for a good 20 minutes it's along this same path mr fraser uh, and it's through some very beautiful sections of lausanne uh, but it seems the duke has something very specific he wants to show you at least from what he continues to intimate about he talks about the italian alps uh, he'd like to show you uh, the, the tops of those. So when you get to this overlook, it's a large stone area that's been placed here in Lausanne. And this Belvedere is uh, fairly well, well-worn. well Although it's not in disrepair by any means, the stonework and the small columns here that make up the railing give you something mm-hmm. quite secure uh, to take in this breathtaking view. And it is something spectacular. Uh, there are mountains bordering all of your vision now. Oh, wow. You were, were quite right. This is... Uh, I, I don't believe that there are, are words for um, this view. He points mm-hmm. into the distance in one of the mountains and says, Just beyond there, Italy. It's fascinating. What is... Uh, what's fascinating about it? The two countries are so close yet culturally so far away. Yes, I I could see how two would be directly next to us, each other, but uh, separated by seemingly a vast distance. What will it take to have you perhaps bow out of this experience tonight? Well, I don't necessarily need to purchase uh, the scroll. I I was mostly interested in 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 just. Uh, 
um, reading it and having a, a look at it, but it it sounds like I may have um, misunderstood its its purpose. You seem to to say it has that it it does something. I I was more interested in what information it it contained um, uh, specifically in regards to the location of um, some pieces of the uh, Sedefkar simulacrum? I will tell you two things. Two very important things. The scroll is far more than that. And if you wish to peer at its nature, you'll have to outbid me to get it. Well, I'm I'm not sure how myself and my uh, traveling companions will manage. Um, I, I mean, I can tell in my time spent with you that that it certainly means a lot to you, and, and also I'm, I'm sure you have uh, more means than we do. The only way to find out would be to meet me at the 7.30 club around 8 o'clock, yes? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, regardless, I, I do look forward to a bit of, of a friendly competition. I will try not to drive the bidding price up for you too much. Hmm. Wonderful. Then... Would you feel comfortable for uh, to find your way back to the city center? Yes, I, I'm sure that I can manage. Then I shall leave you with the Alps. Uh, um, yes, uh, of course. He gives you a very respectful bow in uh, his <laughs> finery. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of trundles off back down the trail. Yeah. Maggie probably would sketch, sketch, sketch a picture of the Alps here, because I don't just want to walk away. I, I'll hang back for a little bit. No, it is it is definitely worthwhile. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely an experience likely that she would picture. Hopefully, maybe she'll some, some send something to Aunt Edith yeah. at that point. Maybe Elizabeth really don't want that scroll though. Uh, Mr. Fraser, you do make your way up the final mm-hmm. portion of the path, but I'd like you to make me one more stealth roll because coming back down the path at some point is going to be a very large blue duke. Large <laughs> <laughs> blue duke. Yes, as opposed to the thin white duke. That is an extreme success on my stealth. Zero nine under 69. Yeah, you become a um, part of the foliage, part of the greenery temporarily as uh, as the Duke passes you on the path. Uh, somewhat concerningly, he is alone. Mm. I'm going to kind of take a moment to see what direction he's going. I'm going to head uh, head up the path towards where he's come from in, in a little bit of haste, I think. Just, uh, just a slight concern that... Uh, I have perhaps arrived a little too late. Your fears are uh, are dashed a bit as uh, you catch sight of uh, Maggie on the Belvedere there, probably just resting against some of the stone columns to ease her legs after a long walk, and she seems to be sketching in a book. I will take a moment to compose myself. Yes, walk up Oh, Mr. Fraser, it's quite nice to see you here. As soon as I see you, I st- I stop and just kind of compose myself and uh, and walk o- walk over towards you. <laughs> yeah. 
he's missing a few things, though, uh, though Maggie. He's missing uh, a well-fitting tie. He's he's missing his coat. He has a he has a Panama hat on. Oh, Who is this man? Spellinger, uh, admiring the view of Italy. I see. <laughs> that hello, Mister. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Uh, that was uh, quite the commotion you caused back in the library. Oh, uh, you noticed that, did you? Uh, oh well, well. I don't think many people didn't notice it. Well, one can be so terribly clumsy from time to time. How was your conversation with the Duke? It was quite interesting. Um, he seems to be very uh, interested in history, but um, uh, more importantly, he believes that the scroll doesn't hold information. Um, it seems it uh, instead holds some sort of power. Ah. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Uh, did you happen to notice any other gentlemen uh, dogging your footsteps? No, of course not. Um, just a lovely stroll with the Duke. Well, I think you probably should know, Miss Ballinger, that uh, I believe the Duke to be a very dangerous man. I have no doubt about that. Well, there were a number of Turkish gentlemen uh, around the uh, taxidermist shop. And, in fact, uh, there were two of them that uh, appeared to be uh, keeping a very close eye on yourself when you were in his company. I believe these men work for the Duke. Well, how do you know they weren't keeping an eye on the Duke? Because earlier on uh, I saw him uh, exchange a a brief glance with one or two of them, and they appeared to be... uh, well, they appear to be operating uh, under his guidance. Well, that does make sense. To be honest, Mr. Fraser, I was a little concerned that he was going to push me over this railing here. Um, but he does seem interested in a friendly bidding war for the scroll, though I I worry we don't have quite enough money to outprice him. What uh, what kind of money is he is he talking? Uh, uh, well, he didn't put out any numbers, but he did. He he does seem to be a collector of old writings and art- artifacts, and I get the impression that he is quite wealthy. Oh, well, he's a, he's a duke, isn't he? So I would imagine so, but uh, that puts us in a very difficult position. Uh, yes, and I, and I was interested in. I told him I was interested in merely seeing the scroll. I didn't need to purchase it, but um, he seemed uh, set on us trying to. Uh, possibly see if we could buy it out from under him, though. Based on our conversation here, Mr. Fraser, I'm a, a little more concerned that even if we did, it would somehow end up in his hands. Mm. I wonder, is uh, are his goals somewhat similar to our own? It didn't seem to be... I, I brought up the simulacrum and it, it didn't seem to pique his interest. You mentioned the simulacrum to him. Was that in, in, was that altogether wise? Uh, well, uh, sometimes I feel like honesty is the best policy. Discretion is the better part of valor. Not always when you're trying to get information out uh, from people. Uh, but I felt that uh, we would be able to maybe know his intentions mm. more uh, based on how he reacted to it. And really, he seemed more interested in some sort of power that the scroll holds. He seemed to think that I uh, was unaware of... Uh, the tr- the true abilities of the scroll, he he said that it does something. Oh, really? And did he specify what? Uh, no. So in this exchange, do you feel that uh, you gained more information from him than he gained from you, or vice versa? I feel like it 
was a, maybe an equal trade-off. But sometimes you have to share some secrets to in order to gain some secrets. Hmm. Well, I'm not entirely sure that I would altogether agree with that uh, philosophy. However, I must say, Miss Ballinger, if you don't mind me uh, making so bold, uh, I would be very, very cautious of uh, stepping out on your own, uh, given the nature of the uh, undertaking that uh, we have, uh, without uh, being assured that there is someone uh, watching your back. Luckily, in this uh, in this instance, uh, myself and oh, how do you know I wasn't assured? Merely because we did we we did not discuss it before. I was quite quite confident that one of you would. Even so, even so, I I would uh, I would take it as as a personal favor to myself if uh, if you do decide to to strike forth on your own uh, as you are wont to do that uh, you, you you let me know your intentions before doing so. Forewarned is forearmed, as they say. But I do believe that uh, possibly Mr. Wellington is our better route uh, for the scroll. Yes, perhaps. Perhaps if we can impress upon him that uh, it is a dangerous thing to be handing into the the hands of of the Duke, then we shall have to take that as it comes. Would you like to escort me back down, or do you think... I would be delighted, Miss Ballinger. I am new to the espionage game. I well, it is a dangerous game to play, Miss Ballinger. A very dangerous game. And many of those who have played it have come a cropper. And, uh, Maggie will pack up her notebook. Yeah. Mr. Fraser will offer his arm. Yeah, yeah, Maggie will take his arm so we can walk down. I do have one very quick stop to make on the way down to retrieve my jacket. All right, we will leave the episode right there. So uh, thank you all for joining us so much. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to our Patreon backers who are helping this show move into a bit of a new territory. So uh, by the time you hear this episode, you'll likely already know that by August 2021, we are moving to weekly episodes with the uh, Horror on the Orient Express show, something we're super excited about. And uh, we'll be giving you more. So uh, to that end, have a wonderful day or evening wherever you are. Thank you for your time and thank you for listening very much. Uh, We will see you next time.